Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Glad to have you here today. And as always, shout out to my executive producer of the podcast, Andre Suttle, Suttle Solution Media, helping to make this podcast happen. So glad to have you. And I'm so excited to have our guest today, George Cohort, uh, on the podcast. Thank you for taking the time to be with us this afternoon, George. How are you feeling? Feeling great. Feeling good? Yeah, it's good to be here. I like it. Um, for our listeners, though, who haven't been introduced to you, your business and what you do, yeah. I want to give them an opportunity to kind of like get behind the curtain really quick, get introduced to you before we jump into the subject matter and things like that. So why not introduce yourself really quick? I'm George Cowart, born and raised in Greenville. There's not many of us natives anymore, but uh, we're glad to have uh, all the transplants in. But uh, born and raised here, I like to tell people I was TR before TR was cool. Mm-hmm. I went to Travelers Rest High School. Uh, my family has a business here, Cowart Awards. Um, been here since 1965. So, uh, second generation business and, uh, been doing that since I was, uh, can't remember. That's, yeah. that's, that's how long it's been going on. So, uh, we, we love serving the community. I'm very involved in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're involved with many nonprofits and, and, uh, I'm even a football coach. So, uh, I have nice. two kids, uh, Trip and Emerson 11 and, uh, nine. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I have my hands full, busy yeah. and, uh, full, you know, I guess full time, part time dad. Yeah, uh, and uh, they keep me keep me running. It's yeah, fun. and I say you say you got your wisdom coming. I in. got my wisdom. <laughs> if you can, if you can't see, I have a whole a whole head full of gray hair. So uh, I love it though. Yeah, and being from Greenville, uh, I myself am a transplant. Yeah. Came here about seven years ago. Beautiful city. Yeah, uh, love it here. But I'm sure I could imagine you've seen that transformation. Oh, I always wow. love pe- asking yeah. people who who've been here throughout that whole thing what that experience has been like kind of seeing it from what it was to where it is now. Man, downtown is uh, it's one of my favorite places. I love our downtown. I'm fortunate enough to get to travel a lot uh, with work and, uh, you know, both recreationally. And, and uh, man, I love coming home to Greenville. Yeah. Greenville is, uh, is a great place. I love to brag about it. Man, when I was in high school, downtown, the only thing down there was the Hyatt, Fuddruckers, Blue Ridge Brewing Company, and a bunch of things said available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was uh, it was wild. You didn't go across the bridge. We mm-hmm. were taught to not go across the bridge. You, you Bad things happened when you went across the bridge. Wow. Uh, so to see the West End revitalized and, and uh, just the amazing restaurants that we have and and the uh, just the the friendliness of our city. Uh, it's it's something to be proud of. So, yeah, for sure, absolutely. And getting into to business a little bit, as you mentioned, something to be proud of your family business. Yeah, Coart Awards. Um, you mentioned you've been doing that for as long as you could remember. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> talk about your experiences starting out in the business because I mean a lot of us would think family business you probably had it made from day one yeah yeah that's why everybody says it must be nice must be nice I'm like yeah and anybody that's in business for themselves knows that that's not the case that nobody sees the uh, the hard work that's put in the the beginning of the year I always say it's a lot easier to keep the ball rolling than it is to get it started mm-hmm. uh, my dad uh, started the business with his brother he was 14 years old uh, uh-huh. in West Greenville in their grandmother's and my grandmother their mom's garage um they uh, there was a what they call a hand pantograph engraver, and my uncle worked for uh, uh, an electrical company. He asked what that thing was, and they told him what it was, and that's how they engraved the plates that go on the electrical panels. And he said, you know, what do we do now? And they said, well, we buy them. He said, well, if I if I can provide them 
you know, will you buy them from me? And they said, sure. So he got the pantograph and grabber, went home, told my dad, his brother, hey, you're going to learn how to use this thing and I'm going to go sell this stuff. And so that's how Cowart Engraver started. They did that. And then they started realizing that they were engraving a lot of plates uh, for uh, uh, trophies. People would buy from companies called Dodge Trophies out west, and they would bring them in, and they would put these plates on there. So, of course, you know, years later, they're like, hey, why don't we just buy our own trophies, and then we'll put the plates on there and sell the trophies. And that's how Coward Awards was born. Nice. Uh, So my dad dropped out of school when he was 14 uh, because he liked making money. And he – fascinating story he's the youngest and he's got like the you know the the ragster you know I wouldn't say riches but but the that comeback story that we all like he lost his dad at 12 he was the youngest of uh, eight children uh single mom on welfare and he didn't like being poor mm-hmm. um had a good work ethic and uh you know bought the business outright i believe it was in 1981 from his brother and uh that's when coward awards was born and, nice. and uh, so so Along comes us kids, and uh, at the time uh, we're 15 employees now, I believe. Um, but I have two, I have, I have three siblings, I have three sisters, only boy, yeah. Uh, and two of my sisters uh, have worked for me, my youngest still does, and uh, so yeah, we're still rocking and rolling uh, in 2020. Uh, yeah, we, we, you know, my dad passed away in 2005, so that's whenever I really started kind of, I say, running the company then. Uh, I didn't realize I was running the company. I, I started, you know, in the company straight out of college full time. And, uh, you know, I think I've told you this, that, that my dad, I, you know, I had this aspirations of corner office, making all this money. And then I didn't make any money. And he put me in the wood shop where he made all our plaques. And, yeah. Uh, I thought I, I figured I knew what he was doing. He was just, you know, some tough love. And uh, I figured I'd be there a few months and a few years later, I was still there. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I, I learned, and I, and I appreciate that now. Looking back, I didn't appreciate it at the time necessarily, but I learned how to hard. I learned. I learned how to work hard, and uh, learned that uh, you know during that time, I learned how everything was made, how everything was should work. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, fast forward, my dad passed away in two thousand five. He was only fifty four years old. I was only twenty five. He had pancreatic mm-hmm. cancer. So. Um, so what happened is, is, uh, you know, for two years, we just kind of, we didn't have a succession plan. Nobody's supposed to die at 54. I mean, we're guys, we, we're always going to live forever. Right. Yeah. Immortal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's, so, so we were, it was kind of a shock when it came to that. So everybody just kind of went back to, you know, work as normal. I, re- I can still remember we buried him on a Saturday and, uh, that Monday, my alarm clock at that point I was working out at Furman and I would wake up every morning at five o'clock and, and, uh, and go to the gym. And my alarm clock went off. And I remember laying there thinking, you know what? No one's going to judge you for staying in the bed today. You just, mm. laid your, you just laid your dad to rest on Saturday. No one's going to judge you for this. And I sat there and just and, and had my eyes open just looking at the ceiling. And I was like, you know what? Put your feet on the floor. You know, just because one life ended doesn't mean two have to. Wow. So, so I, you know, I got up, went, just carried on as normal, you know, went worked out. I remember walking in the shop that day and everybody's kind of eyes was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what? It's time to go to work. Yeah. And went back at it. And, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think that, you know, there's anything wrong with, with laying out and grieving. Uh, but for me, that just wasn't the case. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care to do that. Uh, went right back at it. And, you know, uh, that was actually two years later, we got, we had the recession. Uh, I didn't realize there was a recession cause I'd never ran a business. Uh, I was just trying to keep that top line the same. I didn't want yeah. it to go down. I wanted, I wanted to ask you, yeah. what do you think the biggest nugget? I mean, you you've probably watched 
your dad through the years yeah. and you know we can see maybe a little bit of a wax on wax off yeah. type thing happening along the way um what do you think is one of the biggest i guess lessons that he taught you through yeah. all that i mean because being there in the wood shop two years yeah. you know i said nice because i'm like he knew what he was doing yeah that's right that's right <laughs> you uh, mentioned that in hindsight so like you know paying your dues down there um and then even I love that, you know, just because one life ended doesn't mean two have to, yeah. you know, there was, there was, I'm, I'm sure there was something he left in you that kept you push, pushing Man, forward. I, I, there's so much stuff that, that, that I learned. I got to sit with him for seven weeks while he was, uh, while he was sick and it was a quick seven weeks, but it was a slow seven weeks. Uh, it's nothing like speaking to somebody who is, whose life is ending because they mm -hmm. don't lie. They mm -hmm. tell you everything truth. And, uh, you know, he started life in a single wide trailer in West Greenville, not too far from here. And that's kind of where I grew up was in West Greenville. And uh, the West Greenville wasn't a great place to live. It, w it wasn't a nice part of town by any means. But, you know, he ended life in a nice house on the, in the northern Greenville County. And, and by many people would say, oh, he made it like he had everything that he could have ever wanted. And he was looking at that. I remember one day we were sitting out there and I, and I walked outside to find him. And he was just sitting there looking at his house and looking at everything. And it, it wasn't necessarily sad or, or you know it was just kind of just sitting there reflecting like what you doing dad you know and he's just like he's like you know all this doesn't mean very much mm. you know and i'm like you know obviously let's dive let's do the deep dive i like doing that and he said you know i, I was thinking about it. he said i think i was equally as happy maybe even more happy in a single wide trailer in west greenville than i am in this big old house wow. i got the nice car he said but right now that's not what i want i want relationships so as far as what he taught me, I, I, you know, he was a great boss. He was a great friend, man. People, people, he connected with everybody. Uh, and I like to think that I have some of those qualities because I, I, I love meeting people. I love hearing people's stories. Uh, my youngest sister, she's like that. And really my whole family's kind of like that. And I can even see some of that in my children. Um, you know, some of the nuggets, he said, you can't, you can't uh, rule and you can't run a business with an iron fist. Uh, you kind of have, kind of have a, this, this, uh, you can't do it with all heart either. Because you'll be taken advantage of. There's got to be some balance in between that. You got to know when to be hard. You got to know when to 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 have grace. And yeah. uh, and I always think about something. It's like you know I've heard people say this, and I'm, I'm sure he he you know would would agree that if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go far, go with somebody. Mm -hmm. And man, you can't do it do it on your own. So you have to have a good team. He was a, he was a great boss. He he motivated people, and uh, he was just it was great to be around. So it was somebody, it, it, he created an environment and we like to, you know, we have a culture 1965 I and mean, we've been in business 56 years. I mean, it's a, it's a long, it's a long time to be in business. So it has its own culture. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great place. Uh, you know, we're, we're laid back, but yet busy laid back, but serious. You know what I'm saying? So we, we, we love family. We love bringing, we, if you work for me, you are family. Mm -hmm. We take care of you. We, we care about what's going on away from work. Yeah. You know, we care about, you know, and I always saw that he was always helping somebody or, 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 or doing something, even when he knew he was going to be taken advantage of people said, Oh, you know, you're going to get taken advantage of. He said, well, that's, I'm called to do this regardless of what that person does with the blessing. Mm -hmm. I'm just called to bless. Nice. So, uh, so I, I, you know, I, I could, I could, I could talk for days, uh, about my dad. I, you know, obviously we were best friends and, 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't get enough time with him. Yeah. I, I, I wish he could, he could see what we've done now. He would yeah. be, he would be, uh, pleasantly surprised. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would, who would agree with the, you know, the statement of, or the sentiment of not having enough time, you yeah, know, that's and, right. uh, it's just kind of a reminder for all of us to enjoy the time that we have for those of that of us that are still lucky to have our, our parents with yeah. us or our loved ones. Um, with those lessons that you've taken with you, cause I know you mentioned two years later was the recession and yeah. you mean now, uh, most recently going through the pandemic wow, yeah. and I'm sure, you know, building a business or continuing to run a business yeah. is, is no easy feat. Um, how have those lessons helped you, I guess, take on some of the challenges come in terms of running a business for the, the past 15 years or so? Well, I, 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 I stem a lot of my business from my personal. So, I mean, I, two, two events that have shaped my life and they both, you know, one happened in my twenties, one happened in my thirties. My dad, losing my dad at 25 was a huge, uh, you know, blow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, it, it, probably the fear of losing him was worse than actually losing him. Oh. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, we anticipate things to be a lot worse than they are. It doesn't mean you don't miss them. And obviously I grieved about that. And then I went through a divorce in my thirties, uh, which, you know, I had all these plans and, and, you know, at 35, you know, I, you know, kind of set up for this next, you know, run, you know, to end this decade out great. And then all of a sudden you're dealt a blow that you weren't ready for. And so it, it you know, for me, it was a, it, I like to look for the silver lining or the, the, the rainbows in the <laughs> rain uh, per se. And, um, and so what I learned from that, because it was something that I feared and it was not something that I enjoyed going through, but I, I, I feel like I learned a lot through it. I learned a lot about myself. It's kind of the same thing. You know, you're going to lay down or you're going to put your feet on the ground and go back to work. And mm-hmm. so that was one of those things where it was, you know, obviously there's a grieving process there. But what it did for me was it was something that I was afraid of. Just in losing my dad was something that I was afraid of. And it was kind of the second time that I realized that, you know, what I was afraid of, although may hurt, it doesn't have to cripple you. It doesn't have to define you. So what happened was... uh it really, I, I suffered from severe anxiety. Probably should have been medicated before that. I would always worry about the stupidest things. I would always worry about what if this deal doesn't go right? Or what if my kid trips at school and falls on a rusty nail in his face? You know, something just completely irrational. Obviously, I'm joking about that. But what I'm saying is that 99% of the stuff that we worry about never really happens. So what it did is it freed me from all this anxiety. Mm. And uh, oddly enough... It's a little bit morbid, but maybe somebody will, will, will grasp this if they're going through a divorce. It was the first time in the world I did not have my kids all the time. I share custody 50-50, but I had to realize that when my kids were not with me, I had no control. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was a big deal because every day I'm in control. I run the show. And so at any given time, I remember the first time I had to be away from them. I'm like, I don't know where my kids are right now. Huh. I don't, I don't know if they're alive right now. Obviously, they've got a great mom. So it's not, it, I, I don't have to worry about that. But I had to come with the term, I had to come to terms with the fact that I had no control over my children yeah. when they weren't with me. Well, I applied that same mindset to business. All I can do is what I can do. And what it's done is it's freed me to make these decisions where some people might think it's crazy. Like during the pandemic, I've spent the most money ever on equipment, hmm. which is not necessarily by some people smart, but I'm just building for the future. I know we're still going to be here. We've been here since 1965, so I'm not going to sit there and 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 bunker up. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not getting in the in the fallout shelter waiting for the end to come. I know something's coming back. Yeah. And and we've done great through the through the pandemic. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of businesses hurting and I'm not boasting in any way. But I think it's because of that of that 
it's not careless, but it's, I hate to say fearless, mm-hmm. but it's acting in the absence of fear. Yeah. So, so that's, that's all bravery is. It doesn't mean that it's not scary. It just means doing it anyway. Yeah. So, so I just kind of walked into that that way. And that's a great lesson that I learned that I was able to apply. And it's, man, it's, so when now, dude, I've made some horrible business decisions. <laughs> I've still got a container on the Pacific Ocean somewhere <laughs> that I don't know where it's at. It's paid for. Really? It ain't here. It's got a bunch of PPE supplies. So if anybody needs any hand sanitizer or, or mask. Yeah. Because uh, we did great with that at the beginning. We were, we were uh, you know, supplying some first responders and, and able to jump in and help uh, during the pandemic. And so we did some things uh, in, in hoping that, uh, that it was going to work out. And the timelines didn't work out. They were mm-hmm. supposed to be here in, I think it was May. Mm-hmm. They ain't here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but I look at that and that could cripple you from making another decision. But, you know, we made the decision. It was, it was a smart decision at the time that didn't quite happen to work out for us. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you stop making decisions. You still go on, continue to make those same decisions that four and five years ago in the absence of a pandemic were making you money. Yeah. I love that whole mindset of, of the fear kind of embracing it because I think a lot of people actually live their lives by fear. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of us don't, we're not aware of how fear dictates so many of our actions yeah. or dictates so much of our inaction. Mm. And because of that, we, we tiptoe around things. And I think I said on the last podcast with Andre, whereas we travel cautiously through life to arrive safely at death. That's right. And it's just like, come on, Ooh, man. So true. Yeah. There's so many things that you could do. And, and when you mentioned the fear not crippling you or, um, I'm never going to forget the first time my nephew had a little shot at the doctor. Mm-hmm. He was crying. He was upset. And we were trying to distract him. whatnot. He gets a shot and he's just like, that's it. That's it. It's like, yeah, man. Like <laughs> you would have thought that's we were it. cutting the leg off. Yeah. But for so many of us, that's the actual thing we're afraid of. We're afraid of the little prick. We're afraid of that little pinch that comes from us going just a little bit farther down that edge. And because of that, a lot of us never end up doing that thing that we should do, or we never end up getting the the motivation or the confidence to run a business. Paralysis by analysis. Absolutely. By over-analysis. Over-analysis. And like you said, 99% of the things we worry about don't happen. How um, I'd like to jump into kind of the stepping blocks on how you did that, because you mentioned the two things that have happened to you that you've overcome. Yeah. Was it overcoming those that helped you give you confidence to move forward? Because one question I ask on the podcast a lot is, you know, what's a storm you've been through yeah. that gives you the confidence to get through the storms in the future? Mm. Um, so I'm interested to know if there was like a process that you went through for anybody that's listening. That's like, listen, I, I worry about things all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't wish uh a bad situation on any of the listeners, sure. but how can they, I guess, start helping themselves let go of that anxiety? Well, I think to, to revert back to my, my childhood, my dad, he was great at instilling confidence. He was not a very confident individual growing up. Mm-hmm. He always, you know, being a high school dropout, you know, there were times where he was in a room with a bunch of college, you know, graduates where he would feel, you know, you know, diminished by what he hasn't accomplished where I would look at him and go like, man, that's like, you're rubbing elbows with with you know people that you know have have done something you know yeah. educational whatever it may be like I think that they think your story is even more inspiring by by overcoming the things that you have so where he lacked that confidence growing up not having a father not you know having a you know a single mom and you know growing up really very poor and uh, you know he kind of over did it in me he gave me just an 
unbelievable confidence. And to be honest, like uh, in his eyes, there was nothing that I couldn't do. Yeah. And so I just had, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of still that way. Uh, I, I just kind of feel like it's going to work out, not by anything from me. And obviously I'm a spiritual guy. You know, I, you know, I, I believe that, you know, to a certain degree, you know, like we, we can, you know, plan our path, but God directs our steps, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I feel like we wake up and we might have an A, a B, a C decision to make. Maybe we should have chose A, but maybe we choose C and God's like, well, okay, I'm going to have to work that one a little bit, but we're going to get it work. <laughs> we're going to work it out anyway. Um, the first time I probably ever had any, you know, self-doubt or, or, you know, lack of confidence was, was going through the divorce, obviously. And that was, that was really hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to kind of, kind of, you know, refine myself in that way that, that, you know, there wasn't necessarily anything wrong with me, just the situation. Uh, so, so, uh, you know, but as far as that confidence is, is, you know, it's easy in business because you get such a, such a quick return. You either know you made it and <laughs> made a good decision or a bad decision really quick. When I have to, unfortunately, let somebody go, you know, I can tell in two weeks, the, mm-hmm. the, the culture either gets better, the, the environment gets softer, it gets, it gets, uh, you know, a, a nicer environment to be in. Or I go, man, you got to back up and punt. You did the wrong thing. Fortunately, I've never, you know, but making a, a you know, multiple good decisions and having those to, to, to kind of revisit. And then when you're feeling unsure about something, you just go back and revisit something. I like to journal. I like to write down things. I like to keep record of things that I've done in the past. That way that I can go back and revisit those in times of maturity where mm-hmm. I'm going like, uh, is this the right decision? Be like, I'm a numbers cruncher. So, I mean, I'm, I, I like conservative numbers, write something down. You know, I always figure it at the low end. And if we hit this, we're good. We always hit above it, Yeah. you know, and the few times that we haven't and the things that didn't work out, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't I've never taken a risk that would cripple our business. So it's, it's calculated risk. I mean, risk is always going to be there, but yeah, man, we, we, we walk in, you know, I, I observe people walking in fear of what might happen. Mm-hmm. You know, fear and regret are the twin thieves that, that, that steal the day from us. So it's one of those things where, you know, I like to say I've learned to kind of deal with life by, by just accepting where I'm at versus where I think I should be mm. or accepting life as it is versus how we think it should be. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we can fight the current all we want to, but as long as we swim with it a little bit, we still have a little bit of control. Yeah. But it, ultimately, every decision is, is not a make or de- break or a life or death decision. I'm thankful I make awards and signage and not doing brain surgery. Yeah. Because when I mess something up, I can toss it in the trash and just remake it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not killing anybody with, with a bad decision, but you know, there can be some fear there because you are in charge of p- other people's lives by the decisions that you make mm-hmm. uh, because I, they, they feed their families. Uh, you know, they're expecting to have a job to come into. So there is a little pressure there. That's why this hair is turning a little bit on me. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, it's just wisdom. It's just wisdom. <laughs> I think that's such great insight, man, because I think at the end of the day, when you take that responsibility seriously yeah. um, and the journaling, having that track record, Anyone who's listening, you have you have wins. Mm. And I had uh, one of my mentors told me, to, Ted, you don't celebrate your wins enough. Yeah. And because I was having a hard time with confidence. I was having a hard time with, you know, um, making the confidence or ha- making the confident decision mm. moving forward. Yeah. And he's like, Ted, start recording your wins. Yeah. And he's like, the little wins too. Mm. We all look for that 
big award. That's we right. all look for that big, like, triumphant, I've made it, that yeah. we ignore the wins where, like, something as simple as you putting your feet on the ground that Monday yeah. when your alarm went off. That's a win that people usually don't log. That's right. You know, anyone that's listening to this podcast who actively went into their iTunes app or something to listen to something to make them better, that's a win because you could be listening to Spotify right now. You could be listening to anything. Well, you might be listening to this podcast (laughs) on Spotify. If that's the case, thank you. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying is we have the choices that we make each and every single day. Yeah. And a lot of times we... We pay attention to the negative choices. I believe it's anywhere between fifty to seventy thousand thoughts that yeah. run through our head a day. Yeah. Predominantly the negative ones get noticed. Yeah. So just by kind of changing our attention to what we actually think, changing our attention to like, huh, I took the stairs until instead of the elevator. Yeah, that's right. That's a win. That's right. I mean, listen, if you're dancing up those stairs, I'm the kind of person that's gonna dance with you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you need those people in your life. Uh George, I want to give an opportunity to talk about some of the rainbows you're chasing. Because yeah. I know we talk about the rain and the hard times and and uh I think there's a lot more subject matter where that we could hop into the episode yeah. and like really delve into some journeys. Sure. Um, but as it stands right now some of the rainbows you're chasing for your personal life, for your business. Yeah. Um, what do you hope to accomplish here in the next next few years, maybe? Well, I, you know, like I said, during the pandemic, we've invested in a lot of equipment. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an equipment junkie. So mm-hmm. I have lasers and routers and printers and, you know, basically anything that you can create stuff with. I love what I do because I get to create. Uh, I'm, I, I'm artistic by nature. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a musician. I, I like to sing. I like to play instruments. I like to paint i like to draw i like to i like to create things and so my whole place is about creating so people come in they have an idea hey what what's your idea for this oh i don't have an idea well let me help you get there so i get to bring people's ideas and and, and give them a tangible something that yeah. matches and just to see people's faces that's so much fun so i, I mean i'm i'm anticipating all of these uh you know just basically expanding upon what we already do, it, it, you know, different uh, equipment, different machines give me op- op- opportunities to work with different materials where mm-hmm. whether it be aluminum or plexiglass or PVC or, you know, I'd, some of that might be foreign to you. But, you know, being able to, to mess with different mediums, uh, it would be it'd be no different than talking to a painter that gets to, to, to you know, paint on different canvases or, yeah. you know, things like that, the different tools uh, that they can use. And they're always excited to use those tools. So I, I love that. I even, I even took a router to the eyebrow last Friday. Uh, <laughs> it hit me in, it hit me in the, uh, in the eye. That was one of my new ma- machines. I learned something on that one. Uh, there you don't go. stick your head over the router table when it's going. Cause that thing moves fast. Uh, but, but in business, you know, I, there's, there's so many different uh, paths to create revenue. And it's not necessarily about revenue. I could probably let half of my staff go and, and scale back, uh, become more niche and, uh, and probably make more money. But I love my favorite part of what I do is the relationships that I get to build, not only with the uh, customers, but with my employees, we talk life, we do life, mm. we do life outside of the walls. We, we, I, I love seeing people become the best version of themselves and not get so caught up in the chase and the chase in the dollar, because that's one of the things I learned uh, probably more than anything in those seven weeks spent with my dad is the fact that he goes, I chased it a little too hard at times. Mm. I chased it too hard because right now I can buy anything I want, but all I'm missing right now and all I want is the relationships, the relationships that maybe I didn't pour into enough yeah. friends that I probably should have talked to more and, and sharing that time with them. That's all he wanted to do in the last seven weeks was be around people. 
Yeah. So I learned that, that, yeah, you definitely need money to live life, but it, you can't chase it. Because, I mean, how many people do we see that has seemingly everything, fame, money, and they'll end up, you know, taking their own life in, in certain cases? You know, that, that can't have been all that well of a situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so money, you know, definitely, you know, can solve a lot of problems, but it can also create a lot of problems. And, and what is it the Bible says? That it's, it's the, the lo- not that money is the root of all evil, but the love of money. Yeah. So, so it's, it's kind of like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, you know what I'm saying? So we, we have to look into that and say, like, where does this fit? Where does the, where, you know, am I chasing this career just for the dollar? Because I tell people that all the time. If you're doing it just for the paycheck, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Mm-hmm. Find something that you love. Some, find something that you have passion for. I think passion's not a word that's used enough. Are we kind of use it on stuff that's, that, that, that's not worth it? Yeah. Like, have passion for what you do. And I have passion for people. I love people. I love hearing their stories. I love seeing and helping them get to where they want to be. Uh, and, and a lot of times it's patience. You know, patience is something that we don't have a lot of in this day and age. I mean, we all walk yeah. around with this little computer in our pocket. We all have all the answers to everything. We don't want to wait for anything. But, the, you know, the fun is in the winning. Mm-hmm. But the lessons are learned during the pain of waiting. So having that patience. I mean, everybody look, loves to be Jeff Bezos now. We want nobody envious of him when he was in his basement, yeah. right? Nobody saw that. You know, nobody saw his his spray painted banner, Amazon selling books in his basement. Mm-hmm. They probably so many people probably thought he was a dumb. Yeah, you know, like what's this guy doing <laughs> uh, in the basement selling books? People aren't laughing now, you yeah. know. Uh, but but you know, we like to see you know 2020s version of Jeff Bezos, not in the 90s version. Yeah, uh, or what he was doing in the 80s. What was he doing in the 80s? Like we didn't even know who this guy was. You know, so so it's that kind of deal. I think I lost the other the other part of the question. What what else do? Oh, personal life. Yeah, I, I might I might uh, I might entertain dating again. Okay. Uh, I I love to be married. Uh, marriage marriage is something uh, I'm an advocate for. I love it. Uh, I enjoyed it, uh, and uh, something I would. I I mean, it took me a little while to get over. Uh, you know the 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 pain of divorce that has to be grieved. Um, and uh, now I'm in a place where I think that you know. I didn't have to rebuild myself or anything like that necessarily, but I, I had to take some me time to get that healing, to give somebody else the opportunity uh, to even have a chance, yeah. if that makes sense. Because I think, oh, you, you know, I don't, I don't want to just, I think so many times we see rebound relationships uh, just to, to kind of mask the pain. So sometimes I think you have to dig into the pain. Uh, I was reading in, in the book of James where it says, let this, let this have its full effect on me. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 let, let me go ahead and, you know, cause I was praying for it to go away and it wasn't going away. So might as well press into that and go, all right, God, what are you going to do with this? Let me go through let, this. Let me go through this. I'm going to go through it. Let's make it quick. If we can <laughs> let's make it quick. And it wasn't quick. It was slow and it was, and it hurt. And, and there was a lot of hurt there and that had to be healed from. And I don't necessarily know if someone ever heals from, you know, I still got scars where if I look at it, I can tell what that was from. I always remember that event. So it's not something that that I'm afraid to do or or, or regret in any way doing because I loved it so much. But it's so much I loved it so much that I would just might do it again. Just so, might do uh, it so again. It, so I mean, so dating dating with a purpose, uh, yeah. dating with a purpose to to possibly get remarried. I think that would be fun. Nice. Uh, I look forward to that one day. Well, how can folks reach out to you? And ladies, I'm asking for business no, contacts, no. <laughs> not his personal number. So back up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, how can folks reach out to learn more uh, of your business? Maybe because and you. 
you mentioned creating. I know a lot of our listeners, they're entrepreneurial themselves. Yeah. Maybe they have a business that they're working on. They want to create something, maybe hosting an award yeah. or something like that. I'd love to have the, the contact information. Well, whether, whether somebody's reaching out for a business or just reaching out to connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love meeting people. I love to connect with people. If you do business in any certain way, I'm sure we could learn something from one another. Uh, we're in 912 Lawrence Road. We're, uh, it was right down the street here. Uh, you know, uh, awardsthatwork.com is our website. It's under construction right now. We're kind of revitalizing how we do and kind of, you know, kind of rebranding ourselves in a way. Like I said, we're, you know, we are a custom awards company and we love doing that, but we do so much more. I mean, we get, we have, uh, we do a lot of industrial, uh, etching. We do a lot of, uh, you know, prototyping for marketing companies. We get into the 3D print world. We do STL files. We, uh, we, you know, pretty much I'll make you donuts if you need enough of them. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, my, I mean, I don't know you want my email address or like how, how to connect email in, the, in the link. Yeah. You put my email right in, a, in a link, obviously reach out. Uh, that's the best way to get in touch with me that. And nice. I won't get my cell phone number out. Yeah. Well, we'll save that for the first the business <laughs> contact, but George, this has been amazing. I, I thank you for taking the time yeah. and sharing your insights with us today and, and the lessons that you you've learned along the way. Yeah. I know a lot of folks are thankful for it. Me personally, I'm very thankful for the time, man. I, I, it's a pleasure being here. I'm glad you had me and I uh, hope I, I hope I gave something that somebody can use. I actually think we're going to have to have you back to give oh, man, more. Oh, man, I'd love to. I'd love to come this was fun. It's my first time on a podcast. so Awesome. Well, we're going to have to do it again, George. I want to recap some of the, the nuggets that you've given. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't write them all down because you left so many. But listeners, you're going to have to go back and listen to this episode again. No one's going to judge you for staying in bed today. I think that was that was a really impactful thing, not just because when you said it, because what, what came next, mm. but... You mentioned that there's a necessity in mourning, which mm-hmm. is which is important. But also, you know, just because one life ended doesn't mean two have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can go through that mourning process, but it's important for us to you know live our lives as well because that's usually what the person would have wanted. Yeah, and I think that's that's really important. Um, what I was afraid of doesn't have to cripple me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, I mean nail on the head because so many of us live our lives scared. So many of us live our lives timid and not trying that one thing that side hustle that that artistic venture you've been looking to try well just go for it and fair warning it might not be good at first (laughs) this podcast if you go back listen to the first couple episodes they're not the best but we got it and i love how we do now we just keep learning along the way and of course we can plan our path, but God directs our steps. No matter what we plan, no matter how long we sit down, write that perfect plan, God has his plan for us. And I've said it before on the podcast. I love this quote. It says, God, why didn't you tell me the plan beforehand? Yeah. He said, because if you knew what you'd have to go to mm. through, you would have said no. That'll preach. Yep. Got to let that one out. And of course... We talk life, we do life. Yeah. Don't let the words just be words. Go out there, live your best lives, keep pushing forward. And that's just a sprinkle of some of the tidbits George left with us during this episode. George, thank you again so much. Pleasure. Glad to have you. And to the listeners, thank you. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Share this with a friend if you enjoyed it. And of course, you might not know, I want to remind you right now, we have a Patreon page where you could you could subscribe and support the podcast for as little as $1 a month, also getting extra audio from our guests here on the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Be sure to hit that link in the show notes to check all that out. And as always, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow.
No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.